So we are in the middle of the series, Lead with Love. Um, we, uh, the first week, Brian kicked it off just talking about the marriage right here, <laughs> right here. Uh, Brian, not our carpet at home. Not our carpet at home, just the church carpet. Okay. Yep. Uh, we start out with talking what is love, the foundation of love. Uh, and then uh, last week we talked about relationships and uh, how can you have a love series without talking about having healthy marriages. And so we, uh, we come before you here not as experts. Uh, we come before you as we have tried a lot. We have failed at a lot of things. We have succeeded at a lot of things. But we're going to just share some of our lessons learned of uh, 21 years of marriage. Uh, wow, right? Wow, wow. We've made it so far, aiming for 22 in December. Uh, but we realize in this room, you may, um, there may be, you may be married. Uh, you may be divorced. You may be single. You may be widowed. We all have different, different types of backgrounds and things that we have been a part of. And um, one of the big things that we want to say is uh, today we want you to walk away encouraged. We want you to walk away inspired. Um, some of the experiences that we have had in life and relationships are painful. Um, some of us, we've healed from those hurts and those pains, and some of us, we're in the midst of them right now. And what I want you to know that is that you have a Savior who loves you and who wants you to have hope in your marriage, hope in, your relation, in all of your relationships, to want you to have grace and to have forgiveness. Um, our prayer is, as we go through this is that the Holy Spirit would just speak to your hearts this morning. Maybe it's something you need to add to your relationships this morning. Um, maybe it's something you need to subtract from your relationships this morning. And uh, we want, every time that you come to SCC, we want you to walk away with encounter with God. We want you to know more of what his word says and how it applies to your everyday life. And so uh, as we share with you this morning, um, it's really just saying we've done this because Jesus has been in the center of our lives Amen. and the center of our relationship. Uh, and that is the reason why we can sit up here and, and, and talk about this. Our opening verse for this morning uh, is Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 through 12. And it says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either one of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And as we talk about it, it's that three is Brian and I, and Jesus in the midst of all of it. And so that cord of three, it's not easily broken. Amen. Do you wanna kick yeah. off the next part? Yeah, uh, so the first area that we're gonna focus is preparation. Uh, I've had the opportunity to be in many wedding ceremonies, to be the officiant, to be the one standing in front of the bride and groom preparing them for their marriage. And one of the first things I would say is we can spend a lot of time preparing for the day but don't forget to prepare for the life together. Yep. And so that is really important. So some small things that we did, and as we coach other young couples, is one, road trips. Yes. So uh, road trips were simply locked in a car or train or plane. Okay, locked in sounds a little creepy. Okay. Well, you it's never... moving at high speed, so you're not going to jump out. Okay. Okay, so. Contained in a car... 
Keep going. Keep oh, going. thank keep you. Going. Keep going. Okay, so so here's the deal. I would, before you jump into sharing hardware with anyone, I would be on a road trip for a minimum of five to six hours. Yeah. But this is why. You need to see if you really like the person or just the idea of a person. And that is, that's the world. And so we would be on these different road trips, and do you just like hanging out with the person? Because in all the highs and lows of life, the reality is this, no matter what's going on in, in ministry, what's going on in employment, what's going on in finances, what's going on in intimacy, long and short of it, there are few people I'd rather hang out on this planet other than Carolyn. And we found that in these road trips of just talking, and that was before cell phones. But if you're on a five-hour road trip and they spend four hours on Facebook and Instagram, you kind of figured it out. So, so that's where you, you get to this spot in a road trip where it's like, it's just us. Can we enjoy this? Uh, another thing was very specific. We put some boundaries on our dating and our engagement uh, just in regards to, we, we literally had a time in the evening where we said, okay, like kissing and like, you know, just cuddling and stuff like that. We're going to pause it at a certain time of the night because we had set some really specific goals for our marriage and relationship. And we just know that the later it is, the tireder you get, the easier it is to push through boundaries. And so we had literally set some time frames. And with that, we'd also established that we would not be alone with each other in a bedroom. Uh, no matter what time of day it was. And, and I'll just be honest, being a pastor and being in many counseling situations, when somebody says to you in regards to intimacy, I don't know how it happened. I always want to be like, um, yes, you do. You know exactly how it happened because you did it. Like the question isn't how, the question is why it happened. It's because you weren't prepared. It's because you didn't make the hard decisions when they were easy. And I will be honest, that when you give your heart and your life and you're preparing to spend your life with somebody, like, that's, like, why? Why wait? Why, why, why? But we had made some promises to each other. And in that, I need her to know that she can trust me with one of the most important things in our life, and that's our relationship. Now, if you're in relationship and you're looking at us and you're saying like, really? Well, we, hey, where you are right now in your relationship with Jesus, my challenge is just go forward. Okay, we had had individual relationships with Jesus Christ. We had made some specific plans. We had made some really clear decisions on how we were going to move forward. So I'm not saying that to put that on you. I'm saying this is one of the things and some of the choices we made as we were saying, not just 21 years. And I, I'll tell you right now, I think we're going to make 22. I think you can put your money on it. But, you know, but we said, okay, if we're planning long distance, what are some things that we need established in the foundation of our relationship? And trust, especially in this area, is one of them. I saw, yep, yep. I saw the mic move. You saw the mic move. Yep. I think the big thing for us was from the very beginning of our dating was we wanted to honor each other. We wanted to honor each other on so many different levels and, and really to say, you're, you're the one. And, uh, you know, once we said, hey, you know, this is the direction we're going, uh, we had some discussions about intimacy 
And what, what will we do before marriage and what will we do after marriage? And, and for us, it just came to we wanted to honor each other. We wanted to honor God and really set our lives up to, to be um, the best that it could be and to reflect um, just the values that, that we see as we read in Scripture. And, and I think that has been the thing that has carried us also throughout our marriage is to say Jesus is number one in our life. And we're, we're going to go that direction. So <clears throat> pre-marriage counseling, and I've already said this, don't just plan for the day, plan for the marriage. Uh, I'm really excited to say that we have pre-marriage uh, premarital counseling available with SEC, and we're developing more people that can help lead in that. Really excited. Um, also, just an eternity mindset. When I stood with Carolyn for our wedding ceremony, I wasn't just standing before Carolyn and her family and a pastor. I was standing before God. And so when I make that vow, I'm making it first to God, second to Carolyn, and then third to the community around us. And, and we are a witness of what God's love can be and should be. And that is, that's a weight. And so um, really have an eternity mindset. The thing that I want to say, if you are pre-married or post-married, and you're looking forward to maybe, a, a, you know, that, that special relationship is, I would caution you on praying for the right person and encourage you to pray to be the right person. Because if you pray, someone, they're out there somewhere, God, they're out, just, I just got to, you know, and you're just looking and you're swiping right and you're just, you know, all these, oh, oh, instead of just saying, okay, God, Psalm 139, Holy Spirit, point out the ways in me that make you sad. And then God gets to do this work in you. And then what happens, and this is the most beautiful thing, is that your relationship with him is stronger. And now you are connected more deeply to the root of love, to the source of love, and that gives you the strength and the courage to face everything that lies ahead. And then it's not about a person. It's about, it's about so much more. Yeah. So that's preparation. Preparation. Communication, big part of having a healthy marriage and healthy relationships. Ephesians 4.29 says this, Do not use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Ooh. Amen. It's been a great Sunday. Yep. <clears throat> so, so should we talk about how we haven't lived this? No. Uh, but, but let's be honest. Let everything you say be good and helpful. Everything you say. Okay, let's be honest. In 21 years of marriage, and Brian, you don't need to agree with us, but let's say not everything I have said has been good or has been helpful, <laughs> okay? I thought they were good, and I thought they were helpful, but I don't think Brian always perceived them as good and helpful. I'm not saying anything over here. Nope. <laughs> we'll get to forgiveness a little bit later. Uh, but one of the things I think, and we've just made, the expectation is we, it's going to be a lifetime to learn how to communicate to each other. A lifetime to learn of making sure that the other person hears you and that you hear the other person. And hearing and listening are two different things. They are two different things. And um, so if I can share a funny story, because Brian and I are wired very differently, uh, but he has this ability to multitask. So he can be like into one thing, and I will say something, and I would be, you're not listening to me. And then he will quote word for word exactly what I have said. And he's like, yes, I am. And I'm like, no, you're not really listening to me. Hear me. Hear me. Hear yeah. me. 
And, and so we've just kind of learned of how do we navigate that as well. But how can my words, and, and one of the things is how I speak to Brian and how I speak about Brian says a whole lot about us and our relationship. I don't, I don't go to everyone and vent about Brian. I don't. Um, now, I don't try to paint a picture that our marriage is perfect and we don't have issues, but you know what? Other people don't need to know all the stuff that happens at home. And even sometimes my best girlfriends don't need to know. Because what happens at times, and, and can we all agree to this? You know, you share something with someone, and the next time your friend sees your spouse or your friend or whatever, they look at them differently. Because now they have this information. Now, you don't need to know that Brian leaves his underwear on the floor. Right? Oh, whoa, whoops. Oops. You know? The laundry basket's right there. We can just put it right in, right? No. But you see what I'm saying? Like, all of a sudden, now you have a different... And that was an easy one. That was a funny one, a little bit. It's on. Ladies and gentlemen, it's on. (laughs) But let's make sure the way we talk about our spouse, as we talk about, you know, that it's uplifting. If I'm always nagging about my spouse to someone else, what am I focusing on? I'm focusing on their faults versus focusing on their strengths. And I'll tell you, nagging doesn't work. I've tried. Okay, many times. It just doesn't work. Many men are surprisingly nag-proof. <laughs> I don't know how to stray, but I, I, I didn't read it in a book. I just like these. Uh, okay. Um, <clears throat> the, importance, uh, the importance of consistent, important words, of really... And I'll, I'll just say this as somebody who grew up in sports, the idea of training. There were physical things that I would train myself to do so I could improve. And so bringing that principle in, I want to train my mind and I want to train my words. And so there would be key phrases that I would want to make sure she would hear me say on a daily basis. And also the importance of never hearing some words mm-hmm. that are very comfortable in our culture will never come out of my mouth. And that was something we had talked about in, in the early, before we were married. Yep. It's like, this has been a part of our history, not because of choices we had made, because of choices parents had made, but this is something that I'm not aiming for. As a matter of fact, I'm strategically avoiding. So this word will never come out of my mouth, nor will anything around like there won't be hints to that word like we're just going to keep this whole category of negative language off the table but i'm going to replace it with very strategic very consistent important words that i want her to know this is what i think of you if i am taking the responsibility of partnering my life with one of god's kids and i understand how god feels about carolyn i get to be his his mouthpiece and I get to speak his words of love and life and truth into her as, as much as humanly possible. Am I perfect at that? No. That's why we're talking about healthy marriages, not perfect marriages. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to hear about perfect marriages, then you have to open up your Bible to Hesitations chapter 3. And some of you got that. There is no Hesitations chapter 3. There is no perfect marriage. These are two humans coming together under God's love. So what are some of those no, no-go words? Like what words... Don't the we D say, word. The D. What's the D word? Dinner. Dinner. No, no. dinner in our house. No. Um, no. And I, I'm. I'm going to jump here. Uh, we had had a really important conversation recently, where I was speaking to a season 
but it communicated something much larger to Carolyn. And I didn't even remember saying it. And, and we were talking, and we're working through something that wasn't comfortable. And she said, but you said this. And I did the very, this was sincere, though. Guys, we use this line a lot, but this was very sincere. I don't remember saying that. But what it was more specifically was, I don't remember saying it that with the intention of it landing the way it did with her. And so then as we talked, I'm like, okay, this is what I remember saying, but it was speaking to the busyness of the season of our life. And one of the big things that we were both fighting for, and in, in this we were fighting with each other, we were fighting for more time with each other. Like, we need this. Like, I miss my friend. And so what I was trying to say is, like, this is unsustainable, meaning the season, but it had landed for her that this is unsustainable, meaning our marriage. Now, the power of communication is that we were able to walk back because there was enough of a history of working through hard words and misunderstandings and just mistakes. And there was enough history there that, oh, our bridge is strong enough to walk back over this and, and get to a place of health. But I was able to say, one, first, I'm sorry that I misspoke. But more importantly, I'm sorry that that's the way it landed. Mm -hmm. And then, because of communication, I was able, to, I was able to, to surround that puppy with love and just bury it. No, 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 no. This is sustainable. Us being near each other in a marriage but not with each other in a marriage, that's not sustainable. But that's not our goal. We want to we be together. And I think that's what comes down to the goal has always been let's work it out. Yeah. Let's work it out. Let's make it work. And it takes a lot of work. And I hope you appreciate some of our honesty here this morning. Um, that it's authenticity. It's one of our key values that we have here at SEC. Um, you know, whoever would raise their hand to say, hey, I have a perfect marriage. I've been married 21 years. It's been smooth. It's been great. Is a liar. Um, let's I get be to honest. laugh at you first. Yeah. I get to laugh. <laughs> you know, um, and some seasons are easier than others. Yeah. Um, but we want to say, hey, again, we put Jesus in the center. We put his principles and his values to be the most important thing. You can get through any season. And so the word divorce doesn't have to be part of the language. And, and it was just a commitment. And, mm -hmm. and, and we talk. You've hurt me. We've talked. This doesn't feel good. We're not connecting. We're not on the same page. We're not in the same chapter. I don't know if we're even in the same book. Okay? That has happened. But what do we do? Our goal is to make sure we get into the same book, the same chapter, you know, the same page so that we can continue to build on the love that we have. So moving forward, we've just talked about communication. It's going to be a really close cousin relationship. Uh, Matthew 19, verse 6 says, So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. And this is just like little tidbits, but something we learned early in marriage is I can be her best friend, but I can't be her girlfriend. And there are just different times like I love my wife and this is the highest, not the highest, but a high compliment. My wife is a shopper, but not a spender. Like she just loves to shop and she'll just like make a day of it. And um, when I go shopping, I tend to make a minute of it. Like, okay, jeans, no, 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 yes, fit, go. And she's like, oh, oh, oh but what about this? I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's nice, but I was here for jeans. 
And she's like, oh, but what about, okay. So, so there are just different things that we enjoy doing or just, and we may even enjoy the same thing, but we do it differently. And I can be her best friend, but there are just some things that she's going to connect with women about, and I don't need to be insecure about it. I don't need to, you know, be like, oh, no one's taking my place. But if I know that we are best friends and I have that place in her heart, man, go hang out with your girlfriends. Go have tea. Go have fun. I'm going to watch a game. <laughs> you know, and there are just some different things where we can just kind of free each other to be the individual because we still know we're one. Yep. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to skip. Um, the power. He's skipping one. I, the mo I love the mow the lawn. This is a simple thought. You want to find the little ways that you can just add to the value of your marriage. And like one of my healthy things was mowing the lawn. And that's where I could just detach, but still in my detaching and, you know, I could still get stuff done for the value of the family and the value of the house. So that was that. More important, the power of small improvements. We are, we love the American phrase, the home run, that big moment that turns the game, that wins the war, that, you know, this, this big, heroic, romantic, ah! But most of marriage is not that. Most of marriage is after 10 years, you know what? When I get home, I'm going to put my shoes away right away. Because if I don't, they will be there until Jesus returns. <laughs> so when I get home... I kick off my shoes and I flick them into our closet. Now, I'm praying that for my daughters. That prayer hasn't been answered yet, but I'm praying. But I believe in the power of small improvements. So there are different conversations that you will have over and over and over again. Do not give up hope. But for each side of the relationship, don't surrender the power of small improvements. And when you see the small improvements, speak to it. Hey, I've noticed this lately. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And you know what? It may just be a small thank you and it may be a small welcome, but you put a hundred of those together, you've got a great marriage. Another thing that's so key in the relationship is to keep dating. Got to keep dating. Uh, surprises. Put energy into the relationship even when you're exhausted. And I think it's, it's, we live in a society where we put on that happy face and we go to work and we give everything we can and then we come home and we just want to go, ah, right? And then our spouse gets the leftovers. They get the, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I don't feel like talking and I have nothing left. And we have to guard that we don't give our best outside of the marriage and leave the leftovers for inside of the marriage. But that we say, you know what, yeah, I may be exhausted and I may be tired, but I can give a little bit more. I can invest a little bit more. Um, and so that would be my encouragement even, you know, there are times, and, and, and this is one of the things that Brian does, and, and I've learned it over the years, but he, he drives, when he comes home, he usually sits in the driveway for a little bit. He sits in the driveway and he processes things. And there are times even the girls are like, what's he doing in there? Is he listening to a podcast? How long is he going to be out in the car? But that gives him the moment, a moment to just capture his thoughts, capture his energy, to then be able to come in and to be engaged in what's going on in the home. 
And I'll tell you, yeah, we can give our best outside of the home, but you want to see a healthy marriage, you want to see healthy kids, you have to give your best inside of the home. And there's not a balance to that, you know? And so sometimes we maybe have to pull back from some other things so that we can give the best that we have. But date nights, we, uh, and sometimes we've gone away from this. Mm -hmm. Certain seasons were great. We've gone back to it now. It's on the schedule uh, every other Sunday. We leave from here, and we go and find a cafe, and uh, we just say, hey, we're going to hang out. And so even this morning, Madeline said, is today a date night day? Are you guys going on a date night today? And I said, no. She's like, oh, good. No, you know, but part of that because she needs help with homework and some other stuff. But you do. There will always be something else demanding your time. And I'll tell you, especially when you have kids, they always need something. And we want to be there for our kids, and we want to um, pour into our kids. But I'll tell you this, the best thing that you can do for your kids is to pour into your marriage because then they'll see what a healthy marriage looks like because then you both will be able to pour into both of your kids or to all of your kids, not both of your kids, three of your kids. I have three kids, not two kids. One in the front row, who's the favorite one. Oh, in the room. Just ask her. Favorite in the room. So... We love the idea of romance and spontaneity, like the mom in the moment. But in the reality of it, 21 years in, we just want to make sure we get time together. So it is. It is on the calendar. Yep. And they may not sound romantic, and putting something in the calendar really isn't romantic, but the idea of getting two hours with her uninterrupted, that's romantic. So, like... When we get in the car or we jump on the train to get to wherever we're going to go, that's when the romance starts, and it can start because we've scheduled it. Yep. And so we just know, and, and you've heard, our girls know, you don't mess with daytime. Now, I do want to compliment you as a congregation because I've been really impressed as a young, growing congregation, the respect that you give to the health of our marriage and family. And you know that we try to live as open as possible, have you open over as much as possible, but I've never felt like you have placed your needs over our marriage. And I need to salute you because that is not the way it is in every church. And we've had to work through some of those issues in churches. Now, we want you to know that we want to be available to you. We want to help you in the moments of life where help is needed. And that um, as we continue to grow and leaders continue to grow in this church, the ability to help is not based on a title. Because what I love is, that as we all grow in Jesus Christ, the ability to share Christ's love, again, isn't, isn't partnered to a title. It's partnered to a heart. And so um, I just, I'm really so, so impressed with this congregation. You guys are fantastic. We'd really like to hang around a little longer. So. Awesome. Okay, you want to kick off the next one? Oh, I get to. Yes, get to I get to read the verse intimacy. For some reason, she said you might write, like to read this verse. Okay. So Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. You have captured my heart, my treasure, my bride. You hold it hostage with one glance of your eyes, with a single jewel of your necklace. Your love delights me, my treasure, my bride. Your love is better than wine, your perfume more fragrant than spices. Yes, that is in the Bible. Um, intimacy is probably going to be one of just the key things that are part of your marriage. 
and um, it creates a closeness and it creates a vulnerability um, when you are together. And yes, we are talking about this on a Sunday morning. Um, but you know what? We live in a society that, you know, you watch any TV show, you watch any movie that's going to show any sort of relationship, intimacy. And, and one of the things we, we want to really say, in your marriage, there's only two of you, emotionally and physically. And uh, I'm, I'm going to say it, and I'm, you know, um, I'll just say there's no room for pornography in your marriage. There just isn't. The two become one, Scripture says. And when you start inviting other things into your marriage, it doesn't honor the other person. It brings in something that's not meant to be there, and, and it defiles the marriage bed. And, and that is one of the things, as we have said, um, you know, we've said divorce is not part of the lane, you know, part of, but, but so is also not inviting someone else into it. And when I say emotionally, we have to guard our emotions as well. You know, 21 years into this, you know, there are times there's been frustration and there has been non-moments to connect. And all of a sudden there's a coworker, there's someone else, and they tell you you're the best thing and you can't do anything wrong. And all of a sudden, all my spouse is doing at home is whining and complaining. But this person thinks I'm awesome. And this person thinks I'm great. I'm going to just spend a little bit more time with them. And we have to guard our hearts there so we do not emotionally connect with someone else. I had someone give me this advice once when, it can, when you know that your heart is starting to creep or go in a different direction is when you start thinking, I wonder what this person will think about my outfit today. I wonder what this person will say to me today. I wonder if they're going to see me or acknowledge me. That's a big red flag to go, why am I so concerned about what this other person might think or say to me? I, I, I got to turn. I, I got to turn back. And even if this is a little hard, even if we're working through stuff, mm -hmm. this is what matters. Yeah. This is what I want to invest into, not what, whatever may be over here that feels good in the moment or might be what my emotions need. And that's where I would say in our marriages, there are, Brian cannot meet every single need that I have. He just can't. And it's his not, not his job to meet every single need that I have. It's actually Jesus' job. And so if I find myself going unsatisfied in some area, you know what I need to do? I need to take it to Jesus. I'm not feeling happy right now. I'm feeling frustrated right now. I'm feeling lonely right now. Because the minute I go outside of my marriage to try to fulfill some of those needs that I have, I break the covenant that I have with him. And I'm not meant to break that covenant. And so then I have to go to Jesus. I feel really lonely right now. Will you meet me where I'm at? And you know what? He is so faithful to meet us in that loneliness. Lord, I'm really hurt right now. He's faithful to meet me in my hurt to say, I get it. Forgive him. Forgive him. But I don't want to. <laughs> he doesn't deserve it. I don't feel like it. <laughs> right? But the Lord will say, but I forgave you. I need you to forgive him. And so, again, just that intimacy. The other thing that we say all the time in our marriage is there is no winner. or There are only winners in our marriage, no losers. If we're in an argument, is one the winner and one the loser? How does that set up our marriage for success? Is the goal, ha, I was right. You were wrong. Yes. One point for me, zero points for you. Two points for me, no point for you, right? First of all, and I say this, I didn't marry a loser. I don't know about you. Did you marry a loser? Those of you who are married, did you marry a loser? So do I want him to lose? 
I don't want him to lose. I married a winner. I married a man of God. I married a man of character. I married a man who's kind. So what do I want to do as we have an argument? It's not about do I win the argument, but how do we win together? And how do we both walk out of there stronger and better, honoring Jesus and more in love with each other? And so we say, you know, and, and that in, involves an intimacy. It's we are winners together. It's not one winner and one loser. Go to the next one. I want to jump back just for a second, speak to the men in the room. Um, you probably won't hear this conversation anywhere else, just in regards to Carolyn open the door in regards to por pornography. Um, we invest in our marriage to have accountable safeguards on my devices and on my computer. And it, I have a report that gets sent off to friends, and the conversation has been with them that if they ever, if they see a consistent pattern or something they're concerned about, they absolutely have a right to talk to me, but they also have a right to talk to Carolyn. Like, hey, we're concerned. What's going on? Um, and there's a whole big conversation to be had around pornography that we're not going to dive into today. But don't fool yourself that you're a superhero in this culture. That sort of race to flesh has never been so available. It is two clicks away, less than three seconds. And I just know this as a man. I can be great 98% of the time, but in that 2%, which may just be five minutes, all of a sudden the whole world of hell is open to me. And as a father of three daughters, it's nothing that I want to be a part of. But because of past and because of failures of my dad, stuff was made available to me at a very young age. And so now, 21 years into marriage, there is a, con there's a deliberate choice to be in the word. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight, my rock and my redeemer. I can't do that on my own strength. God, I need your help. This was planted in my life decades ago by somebody who should have been there to protect me. So, like, there's a, there's a deliberate choice and also a deliberate investment to protect me from garbage, but to protect my intimacy with Carolyn. And, again, there's a whole other conversation, but, gentlemen, don't fool yourself that you're a superhero. Well, it only happens, it, uh, it doesn't have to happen. And so there's some steps that, that you can take, and if you want to have that conversation, we're available. So... Uh, and we got to pick it up a little. We're, yeah, we're going all along here. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Now, that's a quick topic. <laughs> so quick. Yes. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. You must. You have to. And that's not just for them. It's for you also. Uh, Ephesians 4, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. This is Carolyn's line. Some oh, things you... Oh, just let me do it. Okay, do let it. Let me just do it. Do it. But then I'm telling the haircut story. I don't think we have time for no, that No, we have time. Uh, some things you just can't change. If you go into your marriage thing, I am going to change my spouse. It's not... You're not going to succeed. Okay? But then there are some things that you... I mean, like... There could be some pants that are like really ugly and they just so disappear. Cool. So
somehow you've had a discussion and you're not in agreement about these pants and you know I'm doing laundry and I'm folding them and they may find themselves in the back of a corner that he'll never go and look at so big character things don't go and think you can change them There's some small things you can change in marriage right Brian so <clears throat> we were on vacation and we had actually brought some trimmers because if I'm going to experiment with something, I do it away from the crowd because we've spent half of our marriage standing in front of people. So we thought, well, what? Like, think of how much money we could save if Carolyn started cutting my hair. <laughs> so we had some trimmers. Now these were like these were like trimmers, like they were like legit and good, and they actually had special trimmers for trimming around the ear where like one end was like smaller and then it got bigger so that you could like fade around the ear. And so she <clears throat> clips them on and I said, okay, th th that's for the right ear. And she's like, no, that's for the left ear. I said, no, because the direction of the shape, that's for the right ear. And she's like, no, that's for the left ear. We were still working on our communication. These were obviously the early years, early, early years, years of marriage. Kids weren't here yet. So, so I'm like, no, this is, Please. And she said, okay. And then she did it the way she wanted to. And she did it so that the lower end was further from my ear and the bigger end was closer. So I had a shave line around my ear with fur sticking out from behind it. I looked like the worst inverted Princess Leia you'd ever seen. And she did it, and then she did, uh-oh, and I'm like, you did it, didn't you? And then she couldn't apologize because she was laughing too hard at how the side of my head looked. And I had to remind her, remember, you're going out in public with this. This is your fault. Now, this is God's fault, but this is your fault. So, so, so we made a really good decision that day that I would never cut his hair again. We were done. We were done. <clears throat> but the, the point that goes with that is there are things that you fight about in the beginning of marriage that in some shape or form you will continue to fight about throughout your marriage. And there are some things that you need to figure out. Like there are some things that you need to say, hey, this is important. This is important to me. But then it's just, it's the life. It's life lived together. Why do forks have to be there? I want, I want forks here and spoons there. It makes more sense. No, no, it should be the other way. No, okay, fine. You know, there are going to be a hundred things like that where it's just, it's just forks. It's just spoons. It's just... The toilet seat. But, see, this is where I feel good living in a, in a, in a family that believes in equality. That sometimes, for equality's sake, the, the seat can be up. Okay, moving on. So, thank you all for being here, because I normally get looks after I make that statement. There, there are going to be things that will just be a point of contention, but you can make them small. And you can forgive. There's a lot of things you can just forgive quickly and go on. But there are other things that you need to forgive deeply. Because, not only for the other's sake, but for your sake. I would so much more encourage you to carry love than bitterness. I would so much more you carry the forgiveness that God has given you as opposed to the unforgiveness you're not sharing with your spouse. And so you get to these moments where you say, God, I get it. I'm sorry. And I can move forward in this relationship because it's the unforgiveness that will freeze you, not your spouse. It'll freeze you.
Finances. We've got two more categories. Finances is one. Matthew 12, 25 says this. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household